Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the infamous, the man himself. We'll see. The man who all the celebrity pastors slide into his DM. Overrated. The the people say he's a demon. He kept his identity private, but he's here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Ben from Preachers and Sneakers Social Media. We in here, baby. Personality, author, accomplished author. I've been reading your book. Congratulations on the book, bro. Man, we'll see. This is uh, more than... Uh, I've ever written before. Three sentences was my ma- was my max up to this point, bro. But finally, I made it on Ruslan, man. This is this is it. When you're an Instagram, uh, you know, what, I don't know if you're an influencer or whatever. But this is the show everybody wants to be on YouTube, baby. This is my first YouTube live interview, so I appreciate you having me, buddy. Man, thank you for being here, bro. Uh, I like the book. Let's let's just jump right into it. You got hey, you started this. Instagram almost as a joke. It was almost like your homie told you, "Yo, you should throw this thing up as a as a as a almost just like, hey, just try it out." You you threw it up and you said within 4 weeks, this man had 100,000 real followers on Instagram. Ins- utter insanity. And so your life yeah. had to have changed really quick. Um what was that like initially and, and who shout out to whoever told you to do that by the way uh what what was the the explosion of that first four weeks for you personally and, and who was it that told you to do that I know it's a two-part yeah. question I'd be I'd be all over in the place when, when we <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all good I I, uh, I love the question it's a uh you think back about certain moments in your life that are very pivotal and had I done a million different things differently right or, or I'd done if I had done one or two things differently, that weekend, I, we wouldn't be talking. Uh, I mean, it, a lot of this was luck and kind of fell into my lap. But anyways, I uh, randomly, like I put zero thought into this. Like I had my personal Instagram, nothing. I was, I had no following. I had three or 400 personal followers or whatever. And uh, I was in my MBA program, get my master's of business. And uh, through the program, I was moonlighting as a DJ. So I DJ at a couple of these spots here in Dallas, uh, in Deep Ellum, which is kind of like our Bourbon Street. I want to be Bourbon Street. And I stayed up super late that night DJing for nobody, pretty much. There was maybe like three or four people there at the spot. And uh, I slept through church the next day. And for whatever reason that day, I'd never done this before. I got on my couch and was watching worship videos on YouTube. That was it. I had, I had that song Resurrecting by Elevation stuck in my head. So I, go- I Googled it, looked up the YouTube video, and I was just watching it. That was it. And I noticed uh, the guy leading at the time, Mac Brock, who's a buddy now, uh, ironically enough, uh, he was wearing a pair of Yeezy 750s. And at the Yo, time, I was in the sneaker. Shout out to Kanye, son, with the 750s. Dude. I've been wanting a pair of 750s for a long time. Dude, those those are pretty them. clean. I, I could never pull them off, but uh, they're pretty clean and they look comfy. But I, you know, if you're into sneakers, you notice some of these these silhouettes, like the 750s, you know, aren't like general release. It's like this dude's wearing $800 sneaks. And, um, for whatever reason, caffeine or being tired or being irritated or something, I just made 
a video on uh, stories. It was stories had just coming out, come out or kind of. Uh, I made a story like, hey, how much is Elevation paying their dudes? I, I even called them an LA worship band. I said, what's with these LA worship <laughs> bands and their, and their worship leaders that they're paying them? How much are they paying them that they can afford $800 Yeezys? And that was it. And um, YouTube started the algorithm, like you talked about earlier, pretty powerful, yep. started serving up related videos. And I saw all these pastors and worship leaders wearing some of the same stuff. And I had no idea that this even was a thing. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Louisiana and live in Texas now. And um, I just started making videos like, hey, did y'all know these shoes are worth 1500 bucks? You know, these shoes, this pastor mm. wearing $500 shoes. And then uh, my buddy, Seth Jones, who's a DJ and producer in L.A., yeah. um, we used to we used to play in a worship band a long, long time ago. He, he texted me. He was like, dude, everybody in L.A. dresses like that. There's all these churches in L.A. that that uh, basically have this culture if you did an account just doing that, what you've been doing, it could be the next viral thing. I was like, I don't I mean, okay, bro. Like you, everybody tries to do an interesting thing on social media. Everybody's kind of got a good idea and tries to make it a thing. There's no reason my thing should have been a thing, but for whatever reason, <laughs> the timing and uh, my format, I guess, spoke to people. And what I eventually started doing was reposting pastors photos and then juxtaposing the, the picture of how much they're worth either resale or, or retail. And, everybody lost their minds. And in four weeks doing just that, no marketing, no ads, no lead gen. All I was doing was screenshotting stuff using the layout app and putting the stock X listing next to it. Mm -hmm. And people lost their minds. And so, yeah, four weeks in, I had a hundred thousand followers and uh, people were getting real pissed and media uh, like mainstream news were asking what my angle was, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it was, it was bonkers. Yeah. And the, the reason you got into sneakers initially was because you said you had a buddy who was in the NBA and just like hooked you up with a bunch of shoes. Who's who was your buddy in the NBA if you don't mind revealing his identity because he uh, people are probably mad at him for Justin Holiday who uh, plays for the Pacers right now. He's a shooting guard and he's one of uh -huh. my best friends. And it's totally random. He was playing. Uh, I was in Europe on deployment when I was in the Marines uh, before business school, and I was on deployment in 2015, and he was playing. Uh, he got picked up from his European team by Golden State. This is the first year they won. Mm -hmm. And he got a kind of just like a uh, equipment only deal with Nike. And he basically gifted my wife and I a bunch of uh, sneaks and hoodies and stuff for my birthday. And that was the first time I'd ever given any thought to sneakers. So mm. like, I can't claim OG sneakerhead status yeah, by yeah, any yeah, means, yeah. but I've been into it for six years or so. Yep. And started, started following sneaker Twitter and started kind of reselling mm -hmm. some sneaks and everything. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, shout out to him. He, I mean, he's done nothing but bless us. And so, yeah, he's a big part of why I know anything about sneakers. Yeah. I think that, that, that that's, that's funny. Um, now you said you were in the Marines were you ever stationed at Camp Pendleton down here in San Diego or in the Navy base in San Diego? Nah, I wish. No. I was on the East Coast at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Everybody wanted to be in uh, San Diego. Wanted to be here in sunny yeah. San Diego. <laughs> yeah. We got the dopest military bases, man. San Diego is yeah. a very interesting town because of the three military bases. Big, big yeah. military bases, too. That's how words play. And the best weather, too. Up, out, yep, and, and the best weather as well. Words um, play. Okay. Shout out to my guy. That's my words guy, play. man. I love words I love play. Okay, him. so... Let's let's start with this idea. First of all, kudos on your part. Congratulations on the success. Congratulations on the book. You Thank tapped you. into what I would think is is this cultural zeitgeist of 
intersections that just so happen to work. We're doing a stream tomorrow on disruptive value and caring about what other people care about in order to either, you know, build an audience, sell a product, right? And, and, and there was something, you hit this intersection of sneaker culture, sneakerhead, consumerism, and Christianity, and it, it, it worked because there was this undertone and this zeitgeist already there with these, with these intersections. So I think that's brilliant on your part. But when it comes to call-out call culture, right, because you're kind of like accused of like, oh, that's call-out culture and what have you. The ironic part, and, and I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on this, but the, but the ironic part to me is if someone posts something on a public forum, and I react to it. That is not gossip, you know, or call out culture to me. But I, I, it, it, that's kind of like the, the the connection. It almost seems like right. So like if Stephen Furtick decides to wear a thousand dollar Versace shirt, and he does. you recurating that doesn't call him out he's literally sharing it for the whole freaking world to see and 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 Stephen Furtick by the way I used to really love his preaching um is one of the worst when it comes to just dress I always crack up when you post stuff with him because this man he needs a stylist goodness every gracious, weekend, somebody needs every to weekend. he's just over over the top with some of the stuff he wears man but that never nevertheless I digress so um what is your thought? What is your thoughts on this idea of like call out? Because to me, call out culture is almost like a dismissal of what you're doing or what what the crew does or some of what I do. I guess like yeah, yeah. if someone is publicly, it'd be different if we then went inquired or like found something them shopping for a thousand dollar shirt, right? You know what I mean? But it, but if but if you're just see, taking a picture from their Instagram and posting and saying, oh by the way. Because because the sneakerheads already know. I've been known about these about these celebrity preacher guys. I've been known that they've been dripped out for over a decade, right? But mm-hmm. something about connecting the dots, you get dismissed as call out culture, gossip, slander, uh, don't touch the Lord's anointed, hogwash. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many examples we need of people embezzling funds and sleeping around uh, to. You to start calling people the, out. You went straight for the jugular, man. I mean, because I mean, I, I've done two years of this, bro. I've done two years of this, so it's not about the sneakers. Like, if you want to talk about call out culture, like if you, my perspective is, and plenty of people bring that up about about you're being a gossip. Call out culture is never helpful. I would point you towards Harvey Weinstein's situation, like as a very glaring uh, success story of call out and cancel culture being for an inherent good. Uh, if you think about it long enough, everybody's got a thing that they would be willing to uh, scream from the top of their lungs about. And it's different for everybody. But hmm. if you if you write off call-out culture carte blanche, then now you're saying those that are abused should not be spoken up for or those that hmm. have been taken advantage of should not be spoken up for. There hmm. is some utility in uh, using every platform available to pointing at something that needs to be changed. Um, so it's pretty intellectually lazy, I think, ah. to say if you're ever doing something that doesn't feel comfy on social media, uh, you're being divisive or you're being uh, you're leveraging call-out culture, you're trying to cancel people, you're trying to be uh, vicious. You know, If your heart's there, then you need to check that. But um, I think call-out culture does have some utility to it, but it's a matter of discerning when it's useful and when it's you know, when it's 
I guess, righteous versus when it's just you trying to clout chase or yeah. trying to, uh, you know, pile on the the week's flavor of the week outrage thing. Like there's a lot of sure. nuance here, but if you're not sure. willing to think about it, then of course you're going to look at my thing and say, Oh, you're just being a gossip when, you know, if you're a public figure choosing to have the benefits of being a public figure, we also get to interact with your content in a public way and not feel bad about it. I think, content you know, granted if you put on Instagram, right? So like, if you're mad, <laughs> if you're mad, if you're mad at me for, uh, I think, showing the world that these shoes legitimately are reselling. Like if you were to sell a dead stock pair of any of these shoes, you could make, you could get a thousand dollars from StockX today. Uh, if you're mad at me for that, I hope you're also mad at maybe uh, people using Christianity or tithes and donations for personal gain and building your own, you know, building your own image. Okay. That's no, that's a great point. Now uh, I got, man, I got so many questions. Okay. So the, 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 go ahead. The, the idea of call, okay, here's my thing with, with this. And this is, I feel like some of these guys need to get savvy to this, right? Meaning that, um, if you own your truth and you are transparent about where you are with whatever thing you have, right? Hey guys, ah, man, I like clothes. I like expensive uh -huh. clothes and you know what? I've sold millions of books. So guess who gets to buy expensive clothes? Right? Mr. Stephen Furtick, because he's bought these sold millions. It's none of my business if he's spending book money on his clothes. Respect for sure. Right? Or whoever, whoever these guys are. Or hey guys, uh -huh. man, I'm going through a tough season in my marriage. I need to step back. Or I'm right. I think what happens with these pastors is they're so insulated and then they almost detach from reality. And it's like you're tr you're trying to be this like private person where anybody that and I and I am not I have zero desire to be a pastor I have zero desire to be a, a celebrity pastor let alone because that just sounds like a massive headache, but anybody that watches my channel knows that like oh yeah Ruslan's into shoes you know what I mean Ruslan gets triggered and be blocking people sometimes unnecessarily <laughs> on YouTube yeah you know, yeah yeah he be you know he, he he turns up right and and sometimes we don't know if he's being entertaining or if he's really in his feelings like. And and uh -huh. I'll and I'll be transparent. Oh, guys, I'm in therapy, right? I, I, because I want to own my mess, um, not as like this like preemptive in case I have a moral breakdown. Let me, but just so when you see me in public and you see me in some four five hundred dollar Yeezys or Jordan fourteens, it won't shock you. And then I and I have no problem with telling you exactly how I got it, yo. I went through a time where I got into shoes and I started flipping and I started buying mm -hmm. stuff for my local Nike uh, employee clearance, uh, not, not employee store, clearance store. We have one in San Diego, one of like a dozen in the country. I started oh, yeah. flipping, took that money, bought the shoes I wanted. I still have like $600, $500 in my GOAT account, right? So I have no nice. problem with sharing these things with people. But what, what I think what's frustrating for folks looking on the outside is that you're out here dripped out respect if you if you out here getting a bag you'd get in your speaking bag you get into your, your book bag respect you, you out here living this lavish lifestyle and you want and you want to like not address how you're getting this bag or how you're living like a freaking kardashian really and you're a pastor 
that's the frustrating part. So like, just keep it a buck, fam. Like, yo, I got this bag from doing this. And we'll talk about the particulars of how they, because not sure. everybody's just out here spending tides on shoes. Yep. We want to clarify that in, in some of these brothers, because I'm, I'm connected to a lot of these dudes uh, indirectly or, or directly. Um, that That's the frustrating part. So my question for you, I just said a lot. I don't know if you want to chime in on that, but I got to, this is leading to a specific question. No, I'm tracking. Uh, I, what I'll say is it's been shocking to me how surprised some of the guys got that people would ask about a pair of shoes that are worth a thousand bucks. Like, dude, it, it, uh, you shouldn't be surprised by that. Like Judah Smith, who I interviewed for the audio book, who I respect a ton. Cause he basically said like, if you're going to wear it, own it preacher. Like if you're going to wear it, don't be insecure about it. Have a community of people around you that know how you do your finances and like can speak into whether or not you are too obsessed with clothes or fashion or money or whatever. And if, if you're keeping it a buck with them, then who cares what people say on the internet? Like maybe there's some legitimacy to the critique. And if so, take it to your community and address it, but don't be insecure about it. That's the worst way to address some of these things. So yeah, I'm with you on that, bro. And shout out to Judah. Cause I feel like Judah is pretty a one when it comes to just, own, you know, being transparent and stuff. And he's in that like celebrity circle, but from my interactions with him, he's always been solid in, in, in a one, even though he, you know, he's, he's, he's dripped out, respect to Judah. He, uh, he, one time he said, I don't buy clothes. I buy outfits. And I was like, yo, respect to Judah's <laughs> name. Put some respect on Judah's name. Okay. My question to you is outside of judah which is great to hear that you guys have a friendship and I, I i saw you mention that but i didn't know that was in the audiobook so i'm actually really looking forward to checking out the audiobook yeah, yeah um uh to hear that who's the most high profile person that's reached out to you or or, or shot you a dm on uh on, since this whole thing pastors wise or yeah, anybody. pastors, just pastors in that circle. I mean, or uh, yeah, tell us a pastor, then tell some. It's like a pastor that was maybe triggered, uh, <laughs> and then like just just anybody in that circle. Uh, let's see. I've talked with Rick Warren before. He wasn't triggered, but he reached out uh, one time, and we Respect. talked briefly. Rick that Warren dude, is the truth. <laughs> I like that. guy. He's got now. That's a bag. I mean, that's yeah. that's a bag beyond bags. Uh, I've I've talked with. I've talked with Carl Lentz before. I've talked with Chris Brown at Elevation. I've talked with Mac Brock. I've talked with Nathan Finocchio. I've talked with uh, Ron Carpenter's wife reached out to me one time. Uh, just like a whole slew of people. And there's plenty I, I don't remember because I get thousands of messages all the time. Um, but especially at the beginning, everybody, you know, there was a there was a couple weeks there where it was very intense and there was a lot of people that were pissed and I got all this kind of secondary knowledge about how all these other people were getting harassed and that kind of stuff, which I didn't feel great about. But uh, yeah, I've heard from a lot. Some were understanding others uh, just wanted to talk at me and that's fine. But so, now it's like yeah. a respect right now. Now it's like a res respect. Like what, what you do is helpful. It's like watching CoffeeZilla call out scammers on YouTube, right? Shout out to CoffeeZilla and the drip and them calling out, you know, scams on YouTube. Is, is, is it is it there now or is it, is it like still hostility busted. from the pastors? I think I think uh, many of them have chosen not to address it at all. I think their PR people have probably said just wait and it'll go away. I think two years later, I'm, I imagine they're not pleased that I'm still around, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, so, I mean, like people like Judah who are self-aware and are like, yeah, some of this is helpful. Like it's helpful to be brought down to earth sometimes. Cause sometimes we do think we're too special, but I know for a fact that there's grumblings amongst that whole crew that, uh, they're not 
fond of what I do, which is fine. Uh, but also I hope you have bigger fish to fry too, than to worry about, uh, my posting about your shoes. Hopefully. <laughs> that's a good, that's, that's, that's good. Okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. That's good. I got, I got a lot of questions. What time you got to go, bro? Cause this, I got, I got some, I got some heat. Dude, I got you. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. So you brought him up. I didn't bring him up. You brought him up. Okay. Carl Lentz. Do you think there was any connection with the flamboyant consumerism, the way he dressed, the celebrity appeal, running around like a rock star, you know, which looks very cool from the outside. Like if you are a hype beast, if you are in, into the, the culture and into the what's happening in society, he's hanging with Jay-Z, he's on the breakfast club. Drake. All that is D- Drake, yeah. He like he leaves his family's barbecue to go play basketball with Drake. Like super cool, right? Like all that stuff looks super cool. However, when you see what happened after the fact, and, and he's getting help, and they're working on it, I'm praying. I'm really am praying for Carl Lynch because I feel like that brother has a gift of communicating. But do you think when when you hear that, and and, and then there's this consumeristic attachment to it, right? Um, and I don't say consumerism. I don't want to deduct it just consumerism. Celebrity lifestyle. Celebrity lifestyle. Do you think there's a correlation to that and the? potential moral breakout uh, breakdown uh, that, that, that followed. I don't know if it's, if it's as much about the stuff as it is about the environment. And I'll say this, Carl uh, was kind enough to reach out pretty early on and he heard me out and he, we spoke on the phone extensively, basically tell him where I was at because I didn't, you know, a lot of this fell in my lap. And so I really didn't have a strategy or a plan or really like a theology for this kind of thing. It was just like blew up and I had to react to that. But him and I talked within weeks of starting the account, which is crazy to go from just being nobody and using your iPhone and then having some of these larger than life names reach out to you for a thing that you did on Instagram. It's it's a really weird deal. Uh, I think there's got the, the thing that concerns me more than even living a celebrity lifestyle or anything is the structure of churches now that are not, I don't know associated with a denomination or something where you have these massive like multi-million dollar corporations with several different profit verticals that are run by a pastor couple at the top, a husband and wife that essentially make all the decisions that Mm. disperse all the funds that have pretty much no oversight. And uh, I think that's a bigger issue where it's like, if you, we hope that everybody's living above board at that level but if you have unlimited money and unlimited access to travel and to, you know, beautiful people and green rooms and all that kind of stuff, like why? It seems like it would be pretty easy to get sucked into that. I don't know. I haven't talked to Carl since like May of 2019. So I can't pretend to know anything about his situation. I, I, I too am praying that he can, uh, I know he's getting help. So like, I pray too that he can make a comeback and, uh, do something great for the world because he, you're right. He is, he does have a gift for speaking and he's a good looking freaking dude. Um, but yeah, that the bigger issue to me is just like, and you mentioned it, like the insulation where you can be at the top making all the decisions and really kind of get away with whatever you want. Mm. And you would hope that everybody does that perfectly. But also I know the type of person I am. It's like, if I've got power and people saying I'm awesome and money and access to whatever I want, why, I mean, why wouldn't I screw that up? So it just seems yeah. like a dangerous game to play to me. 
Yeah, man. And the and the <clears throat> the most one of the most wild things I heard Carl Lentz say was he said something along the lines of like, "Yeah, I don't really do sermon prep. I do sermon prep when I'm hooping." And I was like, "Well, the, it, we it could, we could tell like because the messages just be so shallow sometimes, right? But he's just such a dynamic communicator. But it just be so. But it's like." This man just writes his sermons in his head while he's playing Crazy. basketball, right? And, and that was like that. That was like a red flag. But I just kind of tucked it away, didn't think anything of it. And now on the other side of this, it's like, oh man, sheesh, it's a bummer, you know. And c- c- can some of this be prevented with regards to uh, the structure of the churches? I, I like that you said that because the structure of the churches, I think, is important. Which in your book, you bring up this 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 intersection of capitalism, consumerism, and celebrity. And you said capitalism is is the system that we live in. Consumerism is what capitalism makes us, which is consumers, right? And then celebrity is is honestly our heart's natural default to elevate certain people into positions of power. Or to strive for that. Or to to strive for that, right? Similar to uh, the, the children of Israel wanting a king. Right. Yeah. Instead of having God as their as their authority, they wanted a king. And it, it's 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 really interesting. And I remember hearing Jordan Peterson talk about this idea with Andrew Schultz. And he said, he, that's a combo Bruce. right there, bro. Oh, that's a great Andrew interview. Schultz and Jordan Peterson. Such a great I love interview. Andrew Schultz. Yeah. The, and, and they were having this, this discussion about um, greatness and power. Right. And and how some people are just powerful because they're powerful. And Jordan Peterson kept saying, no, we, the people that have power, we actually want them to be great at something. And therefore, they have influence, they have power, they have they have access. Right. But in our society, it doesn't always work that way. There's people with power and influence who aren't necessarily great or proficient in anything. They're just famous for the sake of being famous. The whole right? Paris Hilton thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you take this combination of celebrity culture capitalism and consumerism and you get this new system of church where you got you know five you know what is this eight nine figure budgets or no you said seven and eight figure budgets or do you say nine figure budgets nine nine is nine no wait nine is that's hundreds of millions there's hundreds of millions of isn't that nine dollars nine yeah that's a hundred million yeah church church with a hundred million dollar budget there's several here in dallas each year take in over a hundred million have a budget that uh, the same amount. I mean, it's just like all those things. I mean, I get it's a trickle effect. I get why how we got here, but all those things are at play in all of our modern modern churches right now, and it basically mm-hmm. turns church into a whole lot of stuff that doesn't matter. And we spend right. a whole lot. Just if you think about the dollar signs that go into putting church on on a Sunday, yeah, all the music, all the people, all the tech all the air conditioning to fill these massive buildings. Like it's just so much money and so mm. much emphasis on something that isn't exactly scalable and is affecting people that uh, are there to consume for basically entertainment in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's just, I want, I want to be the type of person to ask the question, is there a better way to do it? Like I'm not a hater. Like I go to a church that has all that stuff here in Dallas mm-hmm. and uh, it served us really well. And we've been able to serve there too. Uh, I don't think being big is a bad thing, but I think yeah. if at a macro level, all of these things are at play that are distracting us from actually following Jesus. And I just want people to start to like pull at that a little bit or strip it away. Yeah, man. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
because now that is the norm of how churches are built. And so then the, the my question becomes is like, does some of these guys just kind of fall victim to it? Like this is the new new this is the new normal. This is how we build things. This is what it is. You know, you, if if you're a popping pastor, you can't you can't build a church and then go plant smaller churches or say, hey, we're going to get to this size and and after this point. More people isn't more success. More people is more headache. More money is not more happiness. It's more headache. It's more stewardship, right? So we're going to plant more churches. But no, you don't plant churches. You got to plant satellite churches, which all then revolve around the personality the of the pastor, right? Because they become and, the brand. That's what attracts new people. That's mm. what attracts donors. And uh, if your theology is based on one dude at the top, that's eventually going to fail you. And your theology is going to disappear like a freaking mist because... Uh, dudes are going to fail you. And how many times do we have to see dudes fail us for us to like not reconsider us continuing to put a guy or girl at the very top and risk like severe fallout. Like there's just so much at risk here. I think. So someone in the chat asked, has it become a business? And and clearly it has. The question oh, yeah. is, is it, is it, is that, is it good? Right, because I don't have a problem with a church being on top of their business. If a church is stewarding their money correctly, if a church is taking care of uh, their staff, if a church is taking care of its people, and I have an example that I that I that I want to bounce off of you, um, yeah. I, I don't I don't have a problem with with that. I think it's the issue is when is it too much? When is it too big? When is it lack of oversight? Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? When when is when do those lines get crossed? And that's where I think you're striving for that nuance in your book and what you're exploring is like where how does this how does this all fit, you know? How does this yeah. all work together? And a lot of us just haven't even considered it. Like we've accepted all these norms as the status quo. Like this is what successful church looks like. Bigger buildings, more people, beautiful people, better production, book deals, money li- or music licensing, all that like commercial real estate, all this kind of stuff. But nobody's asking like, hey, who's saying that this has to be what a successful church looks like? Uh, and it very quickly can turn into a business. Now, again, for throughout the entirety of my account, I, I hold to that I don't, much like you, I don't have a problem with people making money. I think pastors should be compensated well. That's a hard freaking job, and uh, I've got my MBA. Like I want to, I want to make a profit. Like I believe profit, like being profitable, like drives innovation in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't vilify anybody for doing that, but I think if if our church is the way by which we make all of our profit, I think there's something there that, that like God. I don't. I think God cares if we turn His house into a marketplace, and uh, if it's all about securing the bag. And, you know, growing more and getting more music licensing, all that kind of stuff, dude. It's like we've got to reevaluate some things. That's interesting. So before I get in, into some of the particulars of different different types of churches, and I think churches that are doing well and churches that have different models and, and this whole bit, I thought that it was extremely ironic that the people that were sending you these wild DMs telling you that you were going to hell, you were sending other people to hell because you were yeah. leading people astray. Um I would expect those types of messages from the fundamentalist crowd, like the mm-hmm. angry Turner burn or even just the, on the street corner type dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, just folks that are just a bit more fundamental in their doctrine, meaning that there, there is no, there is, there is no nuance. There is no gray. There is no conversation. There's no personal conviction. There are no secondary and primary issues. There's just all primary issues. I think yeah. those people seem to come off that way, right? In my opinion, like my caricature of, of a fundamentalist, sure. where they would be more, they would be more angry. Um, however, in, in 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 your case, you're not going at these fundamentalist pastors. You're going at these like really kind of moderate, 
relevant, cool guys. And I did. I wouldn't expect their audiences to then turn up on you like that. Like I wouldn't expect like folks that go to Elevation to send you a crazy DM. I'd just be like, oh man, they seem like they're probably they're probably real cool people. Um, so what do you what do you what do you make of that? That the type of people that were getting triggered weren't even the type of people that I would assume is like the mean Christian, like, or, or at least yeah. not, not in the camp that they're in. Yeah. This, this, this whole topic, everything, you know, most people have an opinion about. And so it's interesting seeing everyone's responses to it. Uh, the, sorry, I lost my train of thought uh, about so, the elevation people. Uh, yeah. So what I was going to say is, it's you can very quickly see who idolizes who when you mm. post about somebody because those are the people who are having their idols basically questioned and they feel a responsibility to defend this person of which they did not ask for their defense but if you you know if you give to somebody's ministry or you follow a guy on YouTube and you comment every message saying this is so fire oh yes preach it and then somebody raises an eyebrow like hey man did you know he's wearing $1500 shoes uh that made people snap and for the mm. first year uh i got that all the time and i still get it um and that's just to me it's more validation for what i'm doing like i i'm the type of person that doesn't like make, making people mad like it makes me feel anxiety to have people constantly be like uh question my salvation for what i do uh <laughs> like i that that like i feel something for that uh, yeah. but the response if it didn't matter nobody would care like my mm. account wouldn't exist the book wouldn't exist I wouldn't be here two years later. The The fact that people are still getting pissed at me about this is validation to me that this is something that hasn't been addressed or is well long overdue to be addressed. Yeah. And so that's kind of what's kept me going. So let's talk about the types of churches that, that, that are, I, I think that's the type of churches, how some of this ha actually happens behind the scenes. Right. So, sure. um, we think, you know, the, the assumption is always, well, they're spending tithe money on clothes. And I can't speak for every single scenario, but there are the exceptions of scenarios where they're getting stuff gifted to them. Um, I had somebody from Nike reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I, I can't I can't tell you which pastor we just connected with, but we just connected with the pastor that just came by and we just dripped him out with all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, I was like, nice. well... I was like, what am Who's I the buy Nike? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. trying to pull up to Nike. Take care of your yeah, boy, right? That's right. And so he's like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get you in here, right? So, yeah, I thought, so, sure. so one, he, he hit me and just was like, yo, just so you know, this stuff happens behind the scenes, right, pretty frequently. And, and then I also know that a lot of these guys also are um, – Obviously, I have publishing deals, book deals, getting paid for speaking, right, at conferences, which is not tithe money. A lot of these guys also um, have friends, right? So I know specifically with Rich, Pastor Rich in Miami, Vu Church, he's friends with Jerry Lorenzo, and Jerry Lorenzo is a high fashion guy, and he's a lot of the fear of God stuff, from my understanding, that a rich wears is is given to him by his buddy Jerry Lorenzo, who's one of the biggest names in fashion. Um, when you started finding this stuff out, oh, and, and then it's kind of a thing they do that's, that's that's not so clean, but like when you started finding this stuff out, and again, we don't know who's spending time and who's just getting blessed and who's getting taken care of, right? Did it change your personal perception of how uh, this feels a little bit? Like, did it, did it, did it make you go, oh man, that's kind of, 
that's kind of, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, right? Like, once you start finding out, like, oh, he's homies with Jerry Lorenzo. Oh, he just came from the, the Jordan place. Oh, he just came from the, he knows Kanye. So Kanye dripped him out, right? Did that kind of, and I don't know if Kanye drips out pastors, but hypothetically, he does. If he, did. he does. He does. Praise God. Shout out to Kanye. Rich, Rich uh, Wilkerson. I mean, Kanye Rich 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 yeah, did yeah. his wedding. Uh, yeah. yeah, shout out to Kanye. Uh, it did. And the, one of the reasons my account, I think, blew up so quickly is because I just was posting without abandon. Like, I wasn't considering anything. I wasn't asking any questions. I was just finding pictures of these dudes and then putting the price tag next to it if they had a big following and posting it. Uh, I had never considered why, like, at the at the very beginning, I was like, there's no reason anybody should get up on stage with $1,500 shoes. I can't even imagine owning that. But, like like you just said, like learning about some of the nuance, you know, if you talk about all these dudes relationships with Bieber, Bieber has unlimited money. And some of these guys have helped Bieber turn his life around. Like it's nothing for Bieber to walk through Barney's and be like, take whatever you want, bro. It's literally nothing to me. Uh, I had no clue. I had, I had no clue that there was this network of dudes preaching at each other's churches and then gifting each other honorariums yeah, and yeah. really dope <laughs> sneakers and selling yep. their books at each other's churches. Like I didn't realize any of that happened. So it, it gave some context to me, but uh, I've never ever claimed to know the uh, background of any of these guys and how they make their money or save their money. All I've done is say, here's how much this pair of shoes is worth. And it's caused all this kind of discussion from just doing that. Oh. And so like, it would be, it would be impossible for me to be like, uh, to dig into everybody's financial situation because then I'd, I wouldn't be able to post anything really. Cause yeah. it's like, everybody's got a story at a micro level, right. but at a macro level, uh, I think it's undeniable that some of these things are issues in like the big C church. Yeah. That, and that, so, so you do acknowledge that it did kind of change your heart a little bit in terms of like, oh, yeah. initially it was just like, Oh, why is he wearing $1,500 shoes on, on stage to like, Oh, Oh, okay. I didn't know all some of this background stuff, right? Oh, yeah, gifting for sure. each other expensive sneakers is hilarious, by the way. Like, yo, we're just going to give you some thousand dollar shoes. It is, it's part of on the church card. On, on the, the church, church card, card, right? That's a miss. I don't know how I feel about that. But um, knowing Biebs is in the mix, Kanye giving away uh, Yeezy stuff, that's super cool. I know I know folks who work with Kanye, and I know they get they get stuff. I didn't know he was dripping out rich, but it makes sense that he does. Um, mm -hmm. so, that's, so that's really interesting. What is your take about Biebs, Justin Bieber, then kind of coming out recently and calling out some of these pastors setting they're putting themselves on pedestal i don't know if those were subliminals at lens or what exactly but what did you make of that uh kind of you know being in the mix and knowing some of his relationships behind the scenes and you know being acquaintances with some of the folks that uh mentor him like a judah and a lens or have mentored yeah him I, yeah i tried to pull a ruslan and i did a video on youtube about this it didn't do it nearly as good as you would have done it but i talked a little bit about it because i thought Maybe since Bieber's saying it, some of y'all that are pissed at me for doing this will now consider that we might have a celebrity problem within mm. Christian churches. If the most famous dude in the world is saying, I don't know, man, it seems like an issue if we're putting pastors on a pedestal, uh, I hope people will take at least listen to him. Um, you yeah. know, granted, he's he's still growing in his faith and all that kind of stuff and working through things. Like, I don't know much about his spiritual walk or anything, but I thought it was interesting that he would take he didn't have to speak about any of that stuff uh, mm -hmm. to GQ or whoever he was doing that uh, interview with, but he did. And uh, I think that was telling because I mean, this man has unmeasurable influence across the world and he took the time to talk about how 
we as Christians put pastors, I mean, he says pastors put themselves on a pedestal. I think there's an one an additional thing where we also put these dudes on a pedestal. None of these guys would exist if we weren't demanding this type of content or this type of mm-hmm. personality in our churches. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting statement. I, uh, you know, he also still runs with plenty of celebrity pastors. So it's, it's just, uh, I thought it was an interesting take. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, I know when we see different churches that have some of the celebrity pastor vibes, it's always interesting, again, to kind of know some of the behind-the-scenes working. So, like, I recently found out that Rich, Pastor Rich, does, doesn't does take a salary, has never taken a salary, um, and 36% of their budget goes to the building and the staff, and the rest of it goes right back into the community and to other churches, right? So when I hear that's stuff tight. like that, I'm like, man, praise God. Like, that's really cool. So someone like Pastor Rich, I'm like, dude, like go nuts. Like I'm all for you. Like, you know what I mean? And he like, I think he still drives like a minivan, like he still drives like a family minivan. Like this dude's Does not. He? Yeah. He's, he's, he lives a relatively quiet life in the grand scheme of where, what he could be doing. So I think that's like respect to him. Um, and, and for Root church, you know, that, that I think are doing a good job with, um, stewarding the wealth that they've been given with stewarding the influence that they've been given um, for a church. I don't know if you know much about church budgets and, and buildings and all that, but for a church to only spend 36% total on their budget on and their building, like everything. And then the 60%, roughly 60% is going back out. 10% is going out to churches and the rest is going out to local other uh, charities and, you know, humanitarian groups and all this kind of stuff, I think is like extremely commendable. So I do feel like there's guys that are, um, that are, that are doing, that are doing it right. Like, I think they're doing it right. And I think they're leveraging celebrity, leveraging influence, leveraging, dare I say, hype beast culture and cool, uh, to help people with, um, you know, to, to, to really like help people with the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is, I don't know how verified it is, but it's it's from someone that that's that's close to that organization that that just shared this with me recently. Yeah, and I I mean I've got no that sounds good to me. I I think all of us could do better at pushing towards making it not about us and making it more about the one we're supposed to be pointing to. So you know if your church is doing great stuff like that, show the world you know what the body is doing, not what the man is doing. And uh, I think you know, it, it brings up all these different kind of nuanced situations where it's like, well, we still got to, you know, how we curate, curate our image matters and how we present the gospel on social with a million followers matters. Even if we're, uh, giving a bunch of money away, we still have an impact to people that maybe don't have all the context. And so either give the context or make it less about yourself and make it more about the God you're trying to point people to. Uh, and I'm not saying rich does that good or bad. I'm just saying that we could all push, to do that more and more with our own social profiles. Yeah. And I, I, yes, I love that uh, in terms of not, it not being about you. Right. And it's something I do as a, as a practical safeguard as I bring people onto my channel, I bring other pastors on my channel. I bring other YouTube creators on my channel and I'm always pointing people to other people so that, because I, I, I genuinely don't want to build a cult of personality, nor do right, I want right, to right. be the guy that has all the answers and has the perfect theology and knows everything about it. Cause yeah. I don't like people see through that. Yes. People see through that. And, and, and I don't, think it's helpful like i don't think it's helpful to have one guy that you agree with everything on you know what i mean like i think you need a diversity of voices that that can help you 
move things further along in your personal life. Um, so here's here's some questions. So now that the book is out, a lot of folks have, are asking, um, uh, what's the purpose of your page now? Right, you you kind of blew up on accident, and and so now where where do you see you going with preachers and sneakers? Yeah, I I mean. If we're being real, I don't really want to post about pastoral footwear for the rest of my life. Like I, I want to, I want to be able to help people ask tough questions and wrestle with some things and hope that they can be more real with each other. And the, my, the thing I care most about, I think, uh, other than pointing people to God, is that getting people to be authentic. Because mm. anything else we all see through and doesn't serve anybody. And so if I can get people to buy wrestling with some of these questions that maybe are secondary or tertiary issues to some people. If that pushes people to reconsider their own lives and how they can present themselves more authentically and be real about their situation and their finances and be real about what following God is actually about following Jesus is actually about. And it's not like a vending machine. Uh, that's what, that's the most I think I can hope for the account. Like eventually I would love to not be just like screenshotting, freaking StockX listings. I would love to push people to uh, audit their own lives and then eventually, you know, ask, push for more authentic- authenticity in their own churches. So that's kind that's of a vague fair. answer because I, it's no, like, it's not it's a vague answer. I think that's a good answer. I think that's a really good answer. Authenticity. And I don't know what that looks like specifically, but that's what I'm pushing towards. I'll, I'll tell you what it looks like. I'll tell you what it looks like for me personally. I think seeing your page has made me reevaluate my relationship with consumerism and has made me reevaluate how I spend my money and what what do, what I, what do I actually find value in right yeah. and when I really sat down that means and a thought ton about to it, me yeah like when, when you I say really, that that means a ton to me for you say, you. for you to say well, that yeah and, it, and 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 it's the truth because here's here's how I look at it like when I really think about like what brings value to me right and I'm not gonna sit there and say like nice stuff doesn't bring value to me it does like it does. Having a Tesla someday is going to bring value to me. Having a paid-for home is going to bring value to me, right? Um, with shoes, what I discovered is I really just said, what do you actually want, Ruslan? Like, what yeah. do you actually like, right? Do, do you do you really like everything you think you like? And is it about quantity or is it about quality, right? And so having gotten, gone down this path of sneaker culture and hypebeast stuff and whatever, I was like, dude... I like a, a handful of shoes. I like Jordan 14s. I like All right. Yeezy 350s. I think I like 750s, but I'm like you. I don't know if I could pull them off. And I like Jordan 11s, but I don't like the fact that they crease, right? Uh-huh. The patent leather. So, yeah, patent leather. So I flipped on, um, on, on Go. And I bought stuff from our local clearance store. One that was good for me to do. And by the way, flipping shoes for anybody that's like trying to find a cool side hustle. If you're in a city with a Nike clearance store or a Nike refurbished store, is a good hustle from a product standpoint because you start paying attention to detail and understanding why certain shoes are um, valuable and why certain shoes are not valuable, right? Because when you hold the shoe, you look at it, you whole another conversation. But it's a good side hustle, and I know you you flip a little bit as well. Absolutely. So, I walked through the process, bro. I got every, I got, I, I walked through the process. I built up my goat and then I bought everything I wanted to buy. And I have four pairs of Jordan 14s. I have two pairs of Yeezys, seven, uh, 350s. And I have a pair of Jordan 12s. And I think I'm about to get another pair of Jordan 12s, uh, uh, a public school edition. 
And and I have a pair of 11s that I think I'm about to sell because I don't like how they crease, right? Hmm. Going through that process and getting what I wanted showed me that I actually didn't value it as much as I did. Sometimes getting what you want will reveal to you that yeah. it's not really all it's cracked up to be. Like, like it That's was a life cool. lesson right there, bro. Yeah, and, and it was like I needed to go through. And thankfully, I didn't just go spend whatever it was, three, four grand out of my pocket on it, right? I went and hustled and flipped, and it, and it was a learning tool as well. And, dude, it I legitimately feel liberated from consumerism having gone through that process, right? And so now it's like I don't want no designer clothes for what? Like, you know stuff a- isn't going to do that for you now. Yes, yes, and and – and it's and it's it, you know stuff isn't going to do stuff for you. I know that I'm better off wearing my own merch and building my own thing instead of wearing Gucci or Louis or Nike or whatever. Wearing an asset, yeah. Right, yeah. I'm I could I could invest in my own brand and shoes is just kind of like, man, it's cool. You know what I mean? But I'd rather be a. This is going to sound wild. I'd rather be a minimalistic shoe head and have like the shoes I really love. I really love 350s. I really love 14s. I really love 12s. I might get some, you know, some 750s and that's it. And I don't need the latest thing and I don't need the latest shoe. And I don't have the time to keep up with all the raffles. When I look at what my time yeah. generates versus what I flip, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense for me at this stage in my life. I'm thriving on YouTube, so on and so forth. And so I think, I think that to me is how you've blessed me. And I think you're potentially blessing other people because do you really need 250 pairs of shoes, right? Unless you're like a legitimate collector and, and it's their, their, their dead stock and you're never rocking uh-huh. them or you're rocking them on stage, putting them right back in the box. And this guy's, I'm sure the guys that do that, like I could see a, 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 a Pastor Michael Todd is, seems like a legitimate sneaker head. Like, like the, he, he He's got them all, yeah. for real. And yeah. so it's like, hey man, you know, respect, um, respect, but it was good. It was good for me to walk through that process. And so I think that's a, a tangible way that what you do adds value. And I think will liberate folks from consumer. And, may, and, I, and I don't know if it's going to do that for the 21 year old, bro. I'm 36. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, I still get my son nice shoes. He, he still has Jordans. He still has, I just got him some Harachis, right? Um, yeah, but it, yeah. they're just not like a, it's just not, I rock around in Roshis most of the time. Like I have some, I buy Roshis because I like Roshis, how they fit. So, um, I don't know. What do you, what, what, what is your thoughts on that? that I, I didn't have a question. I just wanted to bounce yeah. that off of you. Um, cause I think it's tangible. Yeah. I mean, those are the things I have to hold on to because it, in the short term, it's easy for people to point to maybe some of the negative stuff that happens around my account. And that makes me feel bad or that makes me feel insecure about it. Uh, but hearing people have like, it, it's hard to argue with that where it's like, Hey, for whatever reason, this topic has forced you to reevaluate some real things in your life that eventually I think you came out better for it. And I think that's grounded in wisdom. I, I imagine most people, unless you're an actual like bona fide sneakerhead, are going to get to that point where they realize, oh man, having 200 pairs of shoes is actually not really serving me that well. Like not that many people are impressed. Uh, it's cool to collect, but eventually you get married and you have kids and it's like, all right, college is coming up. Uh, I could really sell these and make much money. And I, I find myself, I did an interview with the minimalists in uh, LA last year. I find myself trying to pursue that more and more like yes to to uh, to at least pursue minimalism a little bit i think is a good practice to not have stuff rule you because if specifically if you're into sneakers if you're into sneakers you cannot have enough sneakers like if you're into it and you and you want to collect sneakers there is not a point where you stop like at the at the height of when i was into sneakers every time we went out 
we were trying to stop at the Nike outlet or we were trying to stop at the mall and try to find a pickup. Um, and for what to wear them once, like I can't even pull off 90% of them. So, uh, I think more of us would be, it would be wise for more of us to have that at least thought experiment to say, Hey, what stuff is ruling me? Like, do I really, the stuff I'm working towards, is it what I really want? If I'm real with myself, when I actually achieve that, is it going to give me what I think it's going to give me? I think it's all a wise practice to me. Start with the end in mind. If you want to be in the shoes, if you want to be into clothes, whatever, flipping clothes, flipping shoes, just, I would just say start with the end in mind. If you start with the end in mind, I think that, that and I, that's what I have to do. I have to say, stop. What do I actually like? What do I not like? A lot of the stuff I don't even really like. But Who am I, I really trying like to impress? Things. Who am I trying to impress, right? Uh, so I think when you when you really look at it, um, it, it helps. It helps a lot. So, um, okay, so there's a couple questions we're going to get to. Uh, Anthony Miller threw this up. He said he's exposed John MacArthur too. I did. I don't know this. You exposed what? One, John MacArthur wearing a crazy suit or what? I was think it that, that was profits and watches. I think he was wearing ah. a crazy expensive watch. I don't do the watches, but uh, the watches are another discussion. Shout out to John MacArthur with the Roly. Roly, yeah, <laughs> they're a little more. He's a little more discreet, but the but the commas are a little bigger than the sneakers when it comes to watches. I love John MacArthur, man. He be on here talking about persecution, persecution, uh, 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 suffering, and this man got like a fifteen million dollar net worth <laughs> with like multiple Dude. properties. I was like, oh yeah. man, I th- ah, part of me feels like that's worse. Like you telling people you're gonna suffer and it's gonna be bad and persecution is gonna break out, and you're like a multi millionaire, you know. And respect to yeah. him, I don't have a problem with with this brother having money. He's self aware. He's self aware. I want pastors to be paid i don't think i think this may be the disconnect from the conversation i want every pastor to be able to own a home that they pay off and be able to put their kids through college now and depending on where you live and what part of the country you live there is uh that that's that ranges in texas you're in dallas near the dallas uh, dfw area that's Mm -hmm. gonna be mad different than here in southern california Right here in yeah. Southern California, to to get a house that you could pay off in, in within your lifetime and pay and pay for your kids' college, you're talking about 150 thousand salary, 200 thousand a year salary, and so and that's you low set, for San Diego, I would say. And that's I mean, that's low not you're not balling with 200k, yeah. and that's low for San Diego. So it's like this idea of like, well, you feel a way about somebody wearing sneakers, but if I'm gonna keep it a buck, what what I think a shepherd should earn. To be able to provide for his family, be able to own his shelter, own his home, because that's what a home is. It's just a shelter, right? And to be able to pay for his kid's college and and, and nobody goes without need. Because the, the, the amount of stress these pastors are under, the amount of hats they have to wear, they got to be a freaking TED Talk speaker every Sunday. They, they got to be available to lead a staff and, and to be an, a freaking CEO. And they got to be a counselor and a, and, a, and a therapist for some people. Like, that is one of the toughest positions that uh, I think anybody can have, which is why I want zero parts of ministry, by the way, guys. So don't ever ask me if I'm ever starting a church or going back in ministry. I'm not. Unless God shows up to me or my wife in a burning bush, zero. I'd rather be the guy in the marketplace that can earn the money to help my pastor buy the building so that he doesn't have to stress out over it, that, that we don't got to take out a 50-year mortgage and we could get a building and pay it off, right? That's 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 yeah. my my heart for it. So let, let's let's segue into this. So someone asked, uh, this is a good question. Uh, where is it? 
Uh, Lovey G asked, what's wrong with pastors wearing $1,500 shoes? Sincerely. So this is a good question. Um, what's wrong with pastors wearing $1,500 shoes? What do you think is wrong? And I'll give you my answer because my because I think we agree it's nuanced. Guys, this entire conversation is nuanced. If you're here looking for like a fundamentalist, black and white answer, you're not going to get that with this conversation. Uh, but Ben, what do you think is r- wrong with a pastor wearing $1,500 shoes? Yeah. In a vacuum, it's neither good nor bad. Uh, but now when you start talking about, well, where is he preaching? How is he presenting himself online? How is he presenting his message with, in line with his what he's wearing? Like, you, you know, you start talking about your me- the what you wear sends a message, even if it's an unfair uh, message, even if it's a message that you're not intending to send, people are watching. And if you're a massive public figure with, I mean, we're talking about the like massive public figure types. I think a pastor, like a no name local pastor that's shepherding his flock. It's a different discussion about wearing $1,500 shoes. I don't even care about that. I mean, because he probably has one pair of shoes and I promise he didn't buy that with tithe money or whatever, but we're talking about the guys with millions of and millions of impressions and immeasurable reach. They have to, I think that uh, you should consider what you put on when you start talking about the message of Jesus. Because if you're flippant about it, then you're basically saying, I'm, it depends on how you define the role of pastor. If you think a pastor is called to be someone that shepherds the flock and points people to God, at a minimum, it's distracting. At a minimum, it's causing people to ask, hey, dude, what? I think rational people would be like, what? How is this guy wearing shoes that are worth my mortgage payment? Um, and even still, it might not be wrong, but I think it's something worth considering. And if if you're surprised people are asking about that, then I think that's naive because the world we live in is uh, very cynical, very analytical, and you don't want to be you don't want to be controlled by people online or the opinions of strangers. But also, you want to serve strangers. You want to serve those that you're trying to minister to, and you you have some element of responsibility for not being a stumbling block. So if there's somebody out there that is truly distracted or is truly like feels excluded because they can't afford that type of thing or feels like they don't fit in because they're not beautiful or have expensive designer clothes, I think if as a pastor and somebody that leads a flock, you should care about that kind of thing. So again, it's impossible for me to say that it's wrong for you to own $1,500 shoes. Like that's not the point. The point is, is it wise or is it in the context of your ministry, is it the best possible decision? I'm not the person that can say ever it's always wrong or always right, but I think yeah. I can say that you should think about it. I think it's more about the look and, like you said, wisdom. So if someone is coming from a place where you know that it's tithe money, like you know that you know that it's tithe money, I don't think that's a good look. I, no, I don't, I don't think that's all the look. prosperity it's, dudes, like the bona fide yeah. prosperity dudes. I've got a different conversation for, cause I got no, I got no patience for that. And those are the guys that literally are living like lavish on the tithe dollars or donations. Yeah. I think, I think, I think when you're talking about tithe money, money intended, um, for the pastor, uh, for, for, for the church, for the preaching of the gospel, for the edifying of the saints, if you if you're thinking about the money being given to to the local storehouse, those fo- those of you guys that believe in an actual tithe, um, and then you find out that your pastor is taking an exorbitant salary, 
right? Like, let's just say your church has a million dollar budget, which isn't that crazy, right? Um, you got 500 people, you got a million dollar budget, and you find out your pastor has a $700,000 $700, salary, right? Now, uh, some of you guys might be like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, average person is going to be like, well, my pastor eating up 70% of the budget, uh, you know what I mean? So I think I think it's more so of the look. And 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 then again, and maybe this is a subjective truth for me, having gone through experiencing some of that materialism and realizing that it's not everything it's cracked up to be. Um, when, you, when, when you go through that process, you go, ah, you, you, you can understand the mentality of someone who would want to wear $1,500 shoes and where is that coming from? And I'm not saying they shouldn't. All I'm saying is, li- listen, just communicate. Like, com- just respect, communicate how this is being. I don't think a pastor needs to tell them what they're making, what their salary is. I don't think, right? I don't think any of that stuff is necessary. But I think communicating and being transparent is going to be way more helpful. Because here's what people aren't understanding is then that perception of that pastor on sneakers and uh, uh, preachers and sneakers on that Instagram, that perception of that pastor, they're going to carry that into their local context. And they're going to take that and project that on their local pastor. And they're going to think that the person with the 500-person church is also, uh, was he really making? Am I really comfortable with this, right? So it becomes a black eye on the position of a pastor in some ways, right? So I think that's the the discretion because none of this stuff is in a vacuum. Um, and so... I, and it could get in the way of people giving if the, if the assumption is this is going towards fifteen hundred dollars shoes, are people going to be as likely to give? I, I think that, I think they just could create more um, more problems than solutions. And if someone is just transparent, this is where the money's coming from. This is how yo I'm not a pastor, and if you want to go into my Patreon and look at what I make every month, you could do that. I have a video with Jason Mayfield breaking down what I make every single month, what my expenses are. So if I'm just a YouTuber, a Christian YouTuber, and I'm willing to be vulnerable and tell you guys exactly what comes in uh, on average, I don't think it's wild to say. Is that really wise, Pastor? Like, is that yeah. really wise? That's the question. We, it's not that it's wrong. I, yeah, and I think we could all probably be a little more transparent with our lives. Because why? Like, what are we trying to hide? Like, we should be trying. We should be trying to radic. I think radically be transparent with the people that are close to us. Not maybe not online, but to the people that are around us that trust us and love us. Like, I think we should be transparent uh, about that kind of stuff. And like at a minimum, just like at a logical level, if you're in a position where you live off of donations of others, I think there's a real responsibility to try to serve those that are uh, donating for your lifestyle to not make it look like you disrespect their donation by flexing on them. Like I think mm-hmm. it's not unfair to expect somebody that living living off of donations to uh, not just be living la- lavishly on your donation dollar. Again, have nice things, go on nice vacations, all that kind of stuff. But you know, at a certain point it turns into too much when you're on, like if you're on Instagram going on a different vacation every month or you're driving a new matte black Tesla versus you know, like, there's just all these different things that go into it that I think just there's wisdom in considering it uh, and not just, not just t- tacking it up to everybody being a hater. I think there's wisdom in at least, Hey, is there anything here that's uh, valid and can I apply it to my life? Uh, what's your response when people say Jesus wouldn't be rocking Gucci and $500 shoes. He also wouldn't be living in air condition or with an iPhone or he wouldn't have Wi-Fi. He also wouldn't have DoorDash. He wouldn't like, he wouldn't go to college. I mean, that 
you got to go a little more than that. <laughs> like, of course, like in maybe the equal type thing would be like wearing purple robes or whatever back in the day. I don't think he would do that. I mean, he evidenced it by coming in on a donkey instead of a golden chariot or whatever he could have. Uh, you know, Jesus made had plenty of examples of him humbling himself in uh, times that he didn't need to. And I think that's a pretty good example to follow. That's good. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think there's so many things that you, you know, would, would Jesus have done this? Would Jesus, the alabaster jar is is interesting, you know what I mean? Because they, he did allow them to allow, um, uh, was it Mary? Was it Mary that, that broke the alabaster jar? Because there's a whole I think confusion. So. Who did it? Um that gets Mary Magdalene, yeah. yeah, Mary Magdalene, another one. The the alabaster jar, he allowed something luxurious to be used. The pure on nard, him. pure yeah, pure nard. Somebody said earlier that you know the the magi and the kings, the three kings that came and visited him, set Jesus up for life, so he wasn't broke. I've actually never looked into that, so respect. That's an interesting theory. Sure, that, sure. he was also that. God. So yeah. like when people bring he up the alabaster God. jar, I'm like okay. Uh, He's God, and he is, you know, it's a false uh, comparison to compare him to any of these pastors because we're talking about humans versus the literal creator of the universe. Yeah. So yeah. that's not exactly one for one, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what was in it? Was it a month's wages or a year's wages that that alabaster? Like a year. Jericho? Yeah. A I mean, it was like wages. insane. Yeah. $60,000. So Look, Jesus has $60,000 uh, perfume poured on his feet. What's wrong with rocking some fifteen hundred dollars shoes? Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what? Let's just not think about it past that. You know what? It's fine. So when you, Everything's so fine. Said they they rolled dice for his clothes when he was crucified. It was expensive clothes he had. Yeah, he had like a um, like a seamless tunic or something that was apparently really expensive or really like well made. Also, That's he was God. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and also, also he was God. We gotta keep going. Also, back to we that. can have nice things. Like yes. people people equate the comment section to what I believe or what I I stand for. And it's just not the case. Like pe plenty of people come in the comment section to say it's always wrong to do this, or no pastor should ever have uh five hundred dollar shoes. And I'm like, dude, it's impossible for me to say one way or the other every single time if it's always wrong or right. I mean, like I'm not a moral relativist on some things, but this kind of thing, you kind of have to be for relative sure. in a way. For sure. Shout out to JP. He said the alabaster jar was worth a year's salary. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, th yeah. Thank you for reminding us today, and thank you for the super chat, bro. Um, it won't go to Yeezys. I promise you that much. <laughs> 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 Let's hit some more of these questions, and then we're gonna wrap, guys. Um, here's an interesting one: uh, Should churches sell anything like T-shirts, coffee, etc.? What are your thoughts on that? I don't have a problem with it. I, I actually think if somebody's gonna go to coffee, and you can make uh, get, get coffee, Starbucks, whatever before, and your church can do it just as good, if not better, why would you not have that? If you can as a revenue stream. I think that's, I think that's brilliant. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Our, our, our church here has a really well-known coffee shop. And to me, as a rule, I think the point it becomes distracting is when it becomes a problem. Like if it's something that serves your community, people like uh, people at our church at Watermark, there's all hours of the day, people are having community type meetings, one-on-one -on -one type meetings, counseling type meetings in this coffee shop that seems to serve the community really well and to Heck build yeah. up the body. But, you know, once you start talking about turning it into having the best baristas or having the best beans, like, come on, like now you're trying to turn it into an actual uh, like vertical that's going to, 
I don't, I mean, like, again, I don't think it's wrong to make a profit, but once you start focusing a ton on the coffee shop, bro, and not point people to Jesus, uh, and I don't think those things are mutually exclusive, but if you start caring too much about the coffee shop, that's when I think it's going to be a problem. If it's Word. distracting. Word. I, I shout out to Chris Derso St. Church in New York. They've always crushed it with their merchandising. And I've always thought that it was, it was fly. Um, and so now they have this shirt that says every, every, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future or something like that. Uh, and their merch it. is just so fire. Like, and they've consistently done really good stuff. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Hey, if you make fire stuff and folks want to buy it and it's not just folks in his church, it's folks outside of his church, folks buying it. He has an audience. He's put out books. I think it's super dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, th- I think, I think there's a place for it. Um, oh shoot. I just, untied. I think there's an element, uh, I've talked with Chris before several times too. Yeah. Uh, have there you ever, is you've put, an, you've put him up, right? You've, you've put Chris up before. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. and, uh, and with, did, did he feel a way about it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is sneakerhead uh, for real though. Chris Chris is Chris is a sneakerhead for real for real. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think he, you know, he found a deal. Anyways, uh outside of the profit side of it, I think there's an element of exclusivity or exclusion that can come from doing the whole merch thing where it's like, hey, we're doing it better. Or like the people in our church were uh set apart as we were supposed to be set apart as Christians. Like there's another element of, hey, outside of just being Christians, we're super excluded. I mean, this is kind of like, you know, it's almost not even worth talking about, but there is an element that has been brought up to me that people feel sometimes excluded with the merch thing, especially when it's like limited drops and it's, it turns into the, you know, the same kind of like resale type culture. That's something that I hadn't considered until I started writing this book was like, Oh, some people uh, feel excluded if they're coming into a church where everybody's wearing the same logo or the same brand, or they feel like it's hard to uh, approach or it's hard to afford. Like some of this stuff is starting to get pretty expensive. And I know of one church specifically that I, that I won't say, but, at one point basically couldn't qualify for nonprofit status because they were making so much money on merch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, there's something in between where there's a sweet spot, but sometimes maybe we're swinging too far in the other what way. Folks don't understand about that is the nonprofit status is like, it's one of the perks of having a church being on staff at a church, man, is that uh, you could put a, a big chunk of your income as um, a housing allowance. And, and and so a lot of times half of your income is tax-free. So uh, that that creates all kinds of incentives for, you know, pastors and stuff like that to, to or, or be clergy. Um, so that's hilarious. Like yeah. Yes, a parsonage, just all kinds of perks of of being in ministry. So that's really <laughs> that backfired. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, let's let's hit a couple more. Um, uh, sad, we're living in these hard times, and our central focus is discrediting pastors for their lack of humility based on the cost of their shoes, then calling them false teachers. Oh, we got a heresy hunter here. Uh, respect. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know if you got a response to that. I thought it was a, I mean, a better question. I've had two years of that. Yeah, I've had two years of that. I mean, people get, you could see people get kind of set off when you even ask a question about 
the whole system of church in the modern world. It's like just asking a question turns people to making it where I'm discrediting somebody. I'm not discrediting anybody. I'm just asking yeah. questions that seem to be causing people to wrestle with some of these things. Like if me asking a question about a dude's sneakers is completely discrediting their ministry, that's a pretty weak ministry, bro. Mic drop. Mic drop. You yo, you got you got the zingers on lock when when people come for your neck, bro. I freaking I mean, love I've heard it. I've I mean, since March of 2019, I've heard all these things. You've heard all of them. As, he, like you he think I haven't thought of this, bro? Ben. You think Put I haven't thought all Ben's through name? This? <laughs> all right. Question, here's a good one. Question. Anyone anybody living lavishly while the media feast on the blood and the pain and the hatred children suffering tribal clans family suffering save our children uh again I'm 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 blowing it with these questions tonight Thanks for the really, super chat uh, Yes thank <laughs> yeah um okay here's a good one What's the difference between uh purchasing lavish things and receiving luxurious gifts though Jesus didn't go out and purchase the perfume that was poured on him it's an interesting question. What's the difference between a pastor going and spending $500, $300, $1,000 themselves versus someone hooking him up and, and gifting something expensive to him? I mean, it's like the definition of the difference between a gift and a purchase. I mean, that's the mm. difference. I don't mm. like it's again, it's not inherently wrong to own any of these things. It's mm. the method by which you attained them and the way that you display them and your heart behind it. It's like the inanimate object is not the issue. It's mm-hmm. it's the heart behind things of which we cannot completely like we cannot judge perfectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on us to have people around us that can speak into our lives. I think there's an element of being able to point to things in public in the public about public figures. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm I don't think it's it's a hard question because it's like there's nothing wrong with purchasing an expensive thing or being gifted an expensive thing. There's just like other elements to it that make it an issue sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, guys, we're not saying that nice things are bad. We're saying one, you're a public figure Two, you're technically clergy and have all kinds of tax incentives. Three people are giving to what they believe to be as ministry. It's a little different than what they're giving believed to be ministry is going to luxurious items. That is the distinction. I bought my my pastor a pair of Jordan 11s, took a picture and sent it to you guys. And you posted it. You <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah, cuz I was like I not, not on the grid, you posted it on a story cuz I thought oh. it was funny. Like we laughed about it. You know what I mean? It's just like as at you some should. Point, people got to stop taking themselves too seriously. You Were they the cool are, gray 11s? No, they were the uh the tents, the Jordan 11 tents. Um, okay. Yeah. You, you're, you're a public figure, man. Grow up. Like it's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's not that big of a deal. You know, what it, I'm saying? it kind of like, comes with the territory. I mean, I have got I got to deal with it. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna sign up for the benefits and the reach and the influence of being a public figure, you're also signing up for people to have their chance to input their opinion. Like it's the nature of social media. You're a public domain now, and you shouldn't be surprised when people maybe have different thoughts about your lifestyle people do it to me all the time yeah and and by the way guys some of you guys ask the same question ben does come from the resale culture hence that's how he's able to find which sneakers are worth more than others he said that at the beginning of this he said that in the in his book okay so let's let's not keep rehashing that he just told you guys he was flipping sneakers selling stuff people think i on go people think i spend hours 
like researching this stuff, it really takes like literally 38 seconds because right. it's not, none of it's obscure or most of it's not obscure. The designer stuff can be obscure, but the off-white ones are pretty distinctive. Like it's pretty easy to see some <laughs> off-white ones. <laughs> I think those things are hideous personally. Yeah, I've never I could never do it. All right. You could buy an uh, 08 Honda for one. Talk about the media, publishing, book deals, ghostwriting, et cetera, and the average person thinking the pastor is actually writing these books, not to mention their own sermons. Bang, 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 bang. fired, Scott. <laughs> Scott, what are you doing, Scott? I've been knowing about pastors uh, not writing their own sermons for a long time. If you ever hear this regurgitated sermon right now, not, not to, I really don't want to get on this right now, but right now it's the same CRT sermon. You hear the same freaking CRT sermon. It's the same CRT video, CRT bad, woke bad. It's because there's writers for this, guys. There's somebody doing the research for them, the documentation for them. Um, I've known pastors that have had teams for them. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if you want to uh, talk. Scott, you pulling out, you, you, you really trying to reveal who the wizard is, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so much here. It's like, it's, it's kind of a self-licking ice cream cone. Like you can, build a congregation and then build a big social following and in turn have a team of people that can write a book for you, slap your name on it and then become a New York times bestseller. Like it's, it's a pretty good deal for the guy yeah. that's and the way that they in. become New York times bestsellers. Also like that's a finesse in and of itself. Uh, you guys could look up what Mars Hill did and how that, how they got a, how they got a be- New York times bestseller. The whole thing is a, is a dog and pony show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, you see, it's, it's just a lot. There's a lot here. And it's, you know, we're, I probably have to go soon, but the, yeah. there's so much here that has spawned just from dudes wearing sneakers. And so that's what I want people to at least give a thought to, because many people just want to write it off as either me being a hater or write the other side off as them just buying into celebrity culture and living lavishly off tithe, doll- tithe dollars. I think both sides need to give some thought and, and, and not just like alienate the other side because they have their own preconceived notions about stuff. Respect. Let's wrap up with this. Uh, people want balance. So, sorry, I couldn't get to all your guys' questions. There are some good ones in there. Somebody said that they, uh, they, they they went to a school and you could wear no brands at that school. Does that kind of become legalistic and religious, right? How do you define balance? And I'm going to give you, my guys, my thoughts on balance. But how would you define balance? How do we have nuance? How do we how do we be gracious yet ask good questions, yet give people something to think about? Because I think what Preachers and Sneakers was for me, and I'm just going to speak for me, it was a mirror. It was a mirror into the heart of my own consumerism and my own idolatry with with consumer with with stuff and with kind of looking up to some of these guys like they were the man. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was helpful for me. What would you say is a healthy balance to, to, to have in all this? Yeah. I mean, I'm honored to be a part of that. I don't know why he chose me or allowed this to happen, but I'm honored to even be a part of that uh, because I could have never planned that or like sketched this out. Balance is something that I talk with my therapist about a lot because oftentimes you deal in extremes with this account because people want to say their extreme opinion on one side or the other. And that's something I'm always trying to uh, pursue. I, I have to go back to the moment things start to own you where you're more worried about your stuff or your money or how you look or your appearance to people or how people receive your message. If you're more concerned about that than serving the God you claim to serve or pointing people to Jesus, that's something that you need to reevaluate. And it can be money. It can be your job. It can be a hobby. It can be uh, your service to the community, anything. 
uh, that's too in extreme probably needs to be reevaluated. And that's not something I do perfectly. Like I have an obsessive personality. And so oftentimes I'm spending hours and hours a day on Instagram and that's not moderation. And that's something that I have to constantly uh, fight against. And uh, you know, the opinions of others are something that I oftentimes value too much. And uh, that can be to my detriment. So I think, the biggest thing to me, I think, is people need uh, at least one or two people around them that can lovingly speak truth to them in and not be scared to say exactly what needs to be said in that situation. So if you if you care too much about your job, if you're neglecting your family or if you're spending too much on sneaks or whatever, if you have a couple people in your life that can say, hey, bro, dude, you need to chill the heck out, bro. Like you need to like do worse at your job and go serve your family. Like you need, I think that is a huge key in achieving balance. I think, um, because oftentimes we can tell ourselves lies and we can, in our heads, we can say we're doing the right, the righteous thing, but oftentimes an unbiased or maybe an objective outside opinion can be helpful to achieving that. That's about as good how, as I can get for self-help. I love how you, you, you brought that back to community accountability. I love that you said um, avoiding extremes. Ecclesiastes actually tells us to avoid all extremes. You tied that into mental health and you having a therapist. I, I, I'm, you know, have a guy I meet with virtually every other week. It's, it's very helpful. Um, and, and, and guys be praying for Ben because you got a book out. This is all relatively new to you. And you just talked about yes, the, the wide extremes that you get in your DMS, that you get in your freaking comment section. So that has to take some kind of toll on, on you. Um, yeah. so I, I think, I think we, we, we should definitely be praying for you, praying that God can send you using you. Cause he's, he's usually in my life, man, which is, which is super dope. Um, as, as a closing Thank of you. thought, what I would say guys is, is, Hey, um, outside of any of this, I want all of us to honor God with our time, talent, and treasure. And and to me, the most reasonable way we do that is by not running up consumer debt, by not being a hype beast and, and spending irresponsibly, because a lot of folks do do that in this culture. Um, and if you want to jump into this, man, I think flipping and go and stock X and if you have a Nike clearance store is a great way to actually learn business. We, we, we're both business guys. We're both entrepreneurial, right? So I think it's a great segue to develop some useful skills with understanding consumer behavior while at the same time not becoming the trick. <laughs> That's right. Don't get tricked out, guys. Don't, don't get sucked into this stuff because ultimately... I think it's cool to have nice stuff, but when nice stuff has you, it's no longer cool. And you've yep. now became the trick. You've now became the consumer. Uh, and, and so I think all of it is, is with moderation. My biggest application point to you guys is go honor God with your time, talent, and treasure. Figure out a way to get out of debt, to have some useful skills. And if you want to get nice stuff, I want you to have nice stuff. I want everybody here to to have the shoes they want and to have the the the, the house they want and whatever. But at not at the expense of being irresponsible, not at the expense of neglecting your family, not at the expense of being a derelict with your finances, and not at the expense of being generous and open handed with your finances, being yeah. willing to give and be generous. So, Ben, thank you so much, guys. Check out the new book, Preachers and Sneakers. I'm loving it. I'm about to check out the audio. I can't wait to hear that interview with Judah. Um, yeah. Bro, thank you so much for being here, man. Um, I appreciate you, brother, and I'm going uh, to let you go now. Rusan, thanks, buddy. I'm a big fan. I appreciate your time, buddy. Appreciate you. 
Kingstream Entertainment, Bruce Lawn. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you. Probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show, and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor-free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.